Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane from two guys that never lived it. I'm Nolan and beside me is Ben and we thank you as always for joining us here as we talk about our passions for the past while being young at heart. So we'll bring in our you know, fan favorite, our favorite as well, this month in history, um, February coming at you uh, today. Uh, ben, how you doing, man? Oh, it's a good day for uh, recording Young Nostalgia. I know we're actually on top of it, and, and we're recording a couple of days before we actually release the episode, so we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I know that never happens. What's wrong with <laughs> us? <laughs> uh, makes makes the job fun. Amateur <laughs> podcasting. If anybody's thinking about it, it's a good gig. Um, anyway, we're out there. Give us a review. We're really waiting to hear back of like you know what the listeners want, what the listeners like, dislike. You know what what, what do you guys want to hear more of? We're on um, iTunes. Uh, through Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as our Podbean account, youngnostalgia.podbean.com. That's where we get all of our um, you know, dist- distribution from. And then please find us on Facebook and Twitter. You'll see our banners on our on our Podbean page as well. Like us, follow us, and uh, you know, start tweeting at us, Facebooking <laughs> at us, and it'll be a good time. Anyway, without further ado, Ben, why don't you kick us off in February for this month? in history all right february 1st 2003 um 16 minutes before it was scheduled to land as the space shuttle columbia was uh uh, entering earth's atmosphere um it broke apart over west texas um and ended up killing all seven crew members on board um the accident uh it was suspected that it uh was caused by damage during actually during liftoff um, when a piece of insulating foam from the external fuel tank broke off and it poked a hole um, in the space shuttle's left wing, which then, upon re-entry, let uh, hot gases um, get inside the wing and inside the, the space shuttle. Um, and it was actually the second space shuttle lost in flight, um, with the first being January of 1986, when the Challenger exploded um, shortly after liftoff. These kind of things, like these horror stories when it comes to um, space travel and, and things, it, it really, I know, you know, just from watching movies of like Apollo 13, documentaries about the Challenger, it, it really questions, you know, the government's mind about, you know, can, can we continue pushing the boundaries of science in this way? Because, you know, it, it it's minute things that can happen and so many lives are in danger because of it. It, it's uh it's a really thin line for for governments to back to bounce back from something like this happening mm-hmm. and you know it does help i mean you know, I, I guess you know there's no good way of phrasing it but um you know it does kind of help that a little bit that you know the crew going on board everyone involves they know the risks you know it's not like uh <clears throat> you know it's not like they're people from the street they just pick to you know send up in space and they understand the the enormous margin of error that goes along with space flight and you know that doesn't you know make tragedies you know any less horrific by any means but um you know it helps a, a little bit just with the uh you know kind of the the reaction to um these sort of things reaction to uh-huh. the government supporting you know and, and you know these programs yeah yeah and and what makes it worse is that you know just the the space program in general is such a a public it's in so much public eye 
and you know many people don't really realize the kind of risks that come along with it so when they see it it's really hard to to kind of understand it um and internalize it when, when it happens mm-hmm. yeah and it, you know even space flight in general doesn't happen that often and yeah and then, you know these uh when something like this happens it's even less often so it's that much more of a shock mm-hmm <clears throat> All right, so on February 3rd, 1894, we have a birthday. American artist and illustrator Norman Rockwell, which we've talked about mm-hmm. earlier this year, um, was born in New York City, best known for his uh, for depicting ordinary scenes from small-town American life, as well as uh, his covers for Saturday Evening Post magazine and being uh, very involved with the Boy Scouts calendar as well. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's really kind of what he worked mostly for later in life. He... he uh after the Saturday Evening Post, that's really most of what his work was for is the uh, Boy Scouts and the Boy Scout uh, uh, media and literature and that sort of thing. Uh huh. And if anybody out there wants to learn a little bit more about Norman Rockwell, um, and you haven't listened to our Then and Now Volume 3, go on back. Uh, we talk about his you know, early life, his accomplishments, and then you know what he did to become such a, a famous yeah, artist a that, that he name. is today. Yep. Yep. All right, bud. All right. We have another birthday. And if, you know, if you haven't, if you don't notice throughout the course of this episode, we have a lot of birthdays to talk about in February. (laughs) Um, So on February 14th, 1902, aviation pioneer Charles Lindbergh was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, He, of course, was made famous for his first ever nonstop solo flight from New York to Paris, um, spanning May 20th and 21st of 1927. I don't. I don't want to be that guy. You said February fourteenth. It's February fourth. Oh, excuse born. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Jumping That's a few okay. Days here. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got back to back birthdays. Actually, mm-hmm. a few back to back. February sixth, eighteen ninety five. We have a birthday of legendary baseball player George Herman Babe Ruth. Uh, born in 1895, passed away back in 1948. He was born in Baltimore, Maryland. So Babe Ruth held or shared uh, 60 major league records, including pitching 29 consecutive scoreless innings and hitting 714 home runs throughout his career. I mean, Babe Ruth is—he's <laughs> just a household name. I mean, you can't—you can't say Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, and not know who—who who that is. Yeah, I mean, you—it could be whether it's foreign countries or you know not even a baseball fan or i mean you just you just know who but you have to be living under a rock to not know who baby is. <laughs> you have to be patrick starr to not know who <laughs> yeah he probably doesn't know <laughs> okay so also on february 6th 1911 we have another birthday ronald reagan born in 1911 um and died in 2004 he, of course, was the 40th president of the United States, and he was born in Topeka, Illinois. Uh, Reagan spent 30 years as an entertainer in radio, film, and television before becoming governor of California in 1966. Um, it was another 14 years in 1980 when he was actually elected to the White House. Um, and he actually survived an assassination attempt um, You know, during his... Uh, during his uh, presidential term. Um, And he also would later become uh, the most popular president since 
uh, Franklin Roosevelt, the most popular polled um, president since Franklin Roosevelt, which is, you know, a couple interesting facts that, you know, a lot of people may not be aware of. Yeah, very interesting. And, and you know, he was a huge public eye because of his movie career, radio career. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting how he got into politics. Um, and uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe when he was elected president, he was the oldest elected president at the time when he went into office, I believe. Yeah, I believe you're right, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he was in his 70s by that time, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, insane. Yeah, I mean, cool. it's just cool, cool how he was already, he was kind of one of those first people that were a, a major public figure before his political career. Yep, yep. <clears throat> February 8th, 1910, the Boy Scouts of America was founded by William Boyce in Washington, D.C., and the program was actually modeled after the British Boy Scouts um, over the pond. So that's kind of cool. I guess I never really realized what the roots of the Boy Scouts of America were. were. But it makes sense. I mean, since, I mean, you know, if you think about it, we do have a lot of things that are modeled over the, the British way. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just not like government oriented very much. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of makes sense a little bit because, I mean, 1910, that we have, you know, still that's in the grand scheme of things, that's relatively modern times. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of things that are kind of modeled after the European, especially the British, uh, lifestyles or trends or anything like that, it kind of makes sense because there had been civilization and just th- the Western way of life is really, that's where it comes from. It moves, it moves farther Western. And so, you know, it doesn't, once you think about it, it doesn't really, um, make any surprises that that's stuff <laughs> tends to move from that direction yeah stop making sense all right <laughs> <laughs> someone has to <laughs> <laughs> that was a dig you know what you can just go you can, you can go on just keep on moving <laughs> uh <laughs> february 9th 1773 we have yet another birthday uh william henry harrison who was the ninth president of the united states he was born in uh, Berkeley, Virginia, um, and kind of interesting, he took office on March 4th of 1841 and died only 32 days later after developing pneumonia from the cold weather during his uh, inaugural address. That's right. I remember that. Oh, my gosh. I remember reading about that in like history class, but it's, I mean, it's just so interesting because, I mean, healthcare wasn't what it was what it is today obviously so something like pneumonia as harsh it could be today you, know, you probably have a better chance of living through it today than back then yeah um, well, obviously I mean, that yeah. was a, a major life-ending sickness back then yeah i mean you, yeah. You, just, you don't go to the hospital and get some antibiotics and then just get <laughs> over it you know they don't <laughs> send you home you know was, yeah yeah <laughs> then that was like holy cow they have pneumonia you know yeah See well it's just the like funeral. the flu the flu <laughs> <laughs> oh that was the hard. flu the, the flu used to be really bad too i mean today it's more of a common thing but back then if you mm-hmm. got the flu there's a high chance of you not being able to go through it like live through it right you know it's still dangerous to uh young children and uh older people but you know it for the most part it's just oh i got the flu i'll take the day off and be back <laughs> at it tomorrow yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after you lose 10 pounds. Yeah, no uh, kidding. 
<laughs> February 10th, 1942, the first Medal of Honor during World War II was awarded to 2nd Lieutenant Alexander Nininger. Um, so it was actually post-humorously uh, for his heroism. <laughs> what? Uh, you know what I should have? Posthumous, posthumously <laughs> for his heroism during the Battle of Bataan. You always give me the ones that I can never pronounce. <laughs> I should have just not even said it. Oh my god. Sometimes I'm not sure if you're doing it on purpose or not. Controversy. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) The first Medal of Honor was awarded to Second Lieutenant Alexander Nininger on February tenth of nineteen forty two for his actions during the Battle of Bataan uh, of World War Two. Pretty neat. It is pretty neat. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to go on on that other than um, I'm just kind of surprised that the first Medal of Honor was, you know, in 1942. I mean, you know, I just never knew when it was, mm-hmm. uh, when it was, when that uh, honor was created. I, I don't know. I guess that maybe, maybe I was told at one point, but didn't, didn't hold on to it. <laughs> All right, I'm, see, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not, I'm not going to do a dig at you. I'm not going to do a dig. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate. Okay. On February 11th, 1990, in South Africa, Nelson Mandela, at age 71, was released from prison after serving 27 years of a life sentence on charges of attempting to overthrow the apartheid government. That's apartheid. I got that one. You know, no, I get I'll that. I knew, that I knew. I knew. I knew that one. <laughs> in <laughs> April 1994, he was elected president in the first all-race elections. Cool. <laughs> no, no comment after that. <laughs> no, I mean Nelson, <laughs> Nelson Mandela. He's um, yeah. su- such a figurehead in terms of equality and and um, and, and, and know, what he know. was, what he did, and what he was known for. Um, yeah, you know, I yeah. didn't mean to, you know, railroad his. This particular uh, milestone in his life with making fun of Nolan, but the opportunity was there. Uh, <laughs> and he never passes it up. Yeah. Never passes it up. <laughs> Nelson Mandela, pretty cool guy. Um, he's done a lot for, for the world in, term of, in terms of equality and, and uh, you know, rising against the, mm-hmm. I mean, the him man. And, you know, the people he worked with and, and his followers, I mean, there was huge strides forward in, you know, the way that country operated. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Uh, February 12th, 1999. Okay, it's been a little while since we've heard this name. So the impeachment trial of President Bill Clinton in the U.S. Senate uh, came to an end. So with the whole world watching via television, senators stood up one by one during the final roll call to vote either guilty or not guilty. So in Article 1, charging Clinton with perjury, 55 senators, including 10 Republicans and all 45 Democrats, voted not guilty. On Article 2... Charging Clinton with obstruction of justice, the Senate split evenly 50 and 50 against and for for President Clinton. So with the necessary two-thirds majority not having been achieved, President Clinton was thus acquitted on both charges and served out the remainder of his term of office lasting through January 20th of 2001. Dang. So an even split when it came to Clinton obstructing the justice. 50 and 50. And that, you know, sent him over the edge to, to be acquitted of, of any charges. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you look at 
any politician on the grounds of obstructing justice. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, looking at it totally objectively, you know, they should, most of them should be convicted on some sort of <laughs> obstruction of justice. Yeah. But, you know, it, you know, depends on severity and, of course, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, the jury, um, which in this case is the, the senators, the mm-hmm. House and the Senate. But, uh, I don't know, I just, pointing that on obstruction of justice, which is, a, as far as charges go, is relatively broad. But, you know, if you think about it, I mean, every politician, you can totally... <laughs> You can totally uh, pin him up on obstruction of justice. I know. Gosh. I mean, the the only way, the only thing that my mind goes back to is House of Cards. I mean, I don't I don't know if you've seen it. I but have not. No. It this this kind of you know investigative deal in terms of uh, you know back dealings of of how to become president and things like that of of Frank Underwood going to the top. You know, obstruction of justice was like one of those things that they talked about but you know mm-hmm. how many back channeling and things like that do they do to be able to sway people to their side of voting no you know it's oh it's just i just God. feel like yeah. it, it's an entirely dirty game no matter which way you look at it i hate it oh yeah it is everyone's looking out for their own best interest and their own <laughs> personal gain and yeah that's yep. that's how any political system works i mean you know darn well it is <clears throat> but all <Yeah>. right <laughs> moving on February 13th, 1635, Boston Latin School, which was the first taxpayer-supported public school in America, was established in Boston, Massachusetts. And now, look, we pay tons of taxes for, you know, supported public schools throughout the entire nation. That is is very true. (laughs) Regardless (laughs) of your opinion on it, that is very true. Yep. I mean, neat. Uh, cool. So public school started back in 1635. 1635. was longer ago than I would have assumed that the first public school was established. Agreed. I guess it's not really something I think about very much, though. Yeah, that that is also true. It doesn't really <laughs> come up in everyday conversation. <laughs> the more February you know. 14... <laughs> now you know. Uh, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Back in 1849, photographer Matthew Brady took the first photograph of a U.S. president in office, James Polk. So a photographer took the very first photograph of a U.S. president who was in the office, James Polk. Neat. That, that is pretty interesting. He probably had to sit there for a solid hour for the exposure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who else it would have just gotten blurry? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, that'd have been painful back then to take pictures. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Gosh, I don't have the attention span to sit there still like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've got yet another birthday. Um, on excuse me, February fifteenth, astronomer and physicist Galileo Galilei was born in Pisa, Italy. I'm pretty sure that's how that's pronounced. He was the first astronomer to use a telescope and advance the theory that the sun, not the earth, was the center of the solar system. He was born in 1564, and he died in 1642. That's pretty neat. I mean, you know, that's pretty much just the beginning of modern astronomy as we know it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's what you know. One of the reasons I I saw that and I added it, I wanted to add that in because he's such a pivotal role in um, in modern uh, modern astronomy. You know, he's mm-hmm. he kind of he was one of the first major proponents of the uh, um, geocentric. Oh, or uh, excuse me, major proponents of the solar centric instead of the geocentric solar system and. You know, at the time, that that, that was uh, that could get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's you true. know, that's true. The the kind of the law of the land was at the time governed by the church, and you know that the the solar centric thing uh, idea, you know, really wasn't too popular with the uh, with the church at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if he was a, a flat Earth believer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, he was a smart scientist, so probably not. <laughs> oh, that was a shot. All right, well, we're going to move on before we get any stick. Uh, yeah. Birthday, February. <laughs> we have another birthday, February 16th of 1935. Entertainer and politician Sonny Bono, uh, 1935, passed away in 1998, was born in Detroit, Michigan. Following a career as a popular singer, he became mayor of Palm Springs, California, uh, to subsequently become a Republican congressman, serving until his accidental death from a skiing mishap on in 1998. You know, I I knew about Sonny Bono uh, and you know his his career and the way he died and all that, but I'm not gonna lie, I had no idea he was a politician. Me neither. It's insane. I feel like a lot more entertainers than you think actually become governors. But if, I mean, also, if you analyze it, there's a lot of entertainers that become governor, like governors of, or, or like you know, some sort of politician of California. Because you had Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. he became governor of California, and then you have um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> <laughs> the governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Sonny Bono. Um, taking over mayor of palm springs so yeah i don't yeah that is kind of weird you know all out there well i guess you know you have to look at population and that's where the highest population of entertainers are as well hollywood and yeah yeah true mm-hmm. hmm. stop making sense i already told you that once this episode. <laughs> i told you someone has to <laughs> all right uh february 20th 1962 astronaut john glenn became the first american launched into orbit uh he traveled aboard the friendship seven spacecraft um and ultimately re- uh, reached an altitude of 162 miles uh, that's 260 kilometers for the uh metric inclined listeners <laughs> <laughs> he completed three orbits uh in a flight lasting just under five hours um and he was actually the third American in space, uh, preceded by Alan Shepard and Virgil Gus Grissom, um, who had each comp- uh, completed short suborbital flights. Um, and unfortunately, all of them had been preceded by the Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin, um, who became the first human in space um, back in 1961. <clears throat> and that really kind of, that was... a uh, kind of a tense event, you know, as they kind of, the, the, uh, Soviet Union one upped the United States in the space race, um, of the time. Um, <clears throat> but with Glenn's successful flight, um, 
you know, it showed the Americans had caught up, um, had caught up with the Soviet Union and kind of, it, uh, kind of went along with, uh, um, the September 1962 speech, you know, by, uh, JFK, um, which was an open call to land an American on the moon before the decades end. And so it all kind of, you, you can, you can just follow the progression of events, um, leading up to the moon landing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just interesting history, um, with it all. And, you know, we've talked about conspiracies in the past, but you know, we might not have even been in the moon yet. It could have all been staged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, no, this is, this is very cool that, to, that John Glenn was, you know, up there and, and completed multiple orbits, mm-hmm. uh, multiple orbits within hours it's it's pretty cool i can only imagine you know what was going on in his mind and even just like <laughs> the sight the the beauty of 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 seeing that uh is probably something you can never forget yeah i mean it's that is you know people talk about a once in a lifetime opportunity like that is even that is more special than that like that is once in they human race's existence opportunity you know <laughs> to be the first yeah to be the first Ameri- yeah well okay never mind i'm not going to say anything <laughs> okay <laughs> there can only be one first american to orbit okay you're right but <laughs> you know what i mean who made like who made sense uh that time huh okay All whatever right. <laughs> february 21st 1965 former black muslim leader malcolm x uh, was shot and killed while delivering a speech in a ballroom in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> don't I don't mean to laugh. I just had nothing else uh, more to go on on that. Um, I know. <clears throat> me, me neither. I mean, he was he was a very prominent public figure. Oh yeah, in terms he was, of you, you know, know what his he was presence in the 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 media and the movement was uh, was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. It, he just tends to be, you know, he was he was very large in the movement, but he tends to be one of those figures who's not really talked about um, a huge amount, uh, you know, in, in current times in, you know, your high school history class and that sort of thing. You know, you, uh-huh. you're really the top, you know, the top guy is uh, Martin Luther King, of course, and, you know, and, and you know, there was a lot of other, uh, a lot of other leaders at the time that they tend to just kind of get glossed over, um, glossed over now. Yeah. I know there's like, there's, there's books and movies. Um, but I, yeah, I I believe you're right when like, you know, Malcolm X isn't necessarily the first name you go to Mm -hmm. right away, but he's definitely grouped in there with one of the top, um, influential people, in terms of the human rights movement, and especially since you know Black History Month um, is great, and he's a great prominent p- figure when it comes to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't um, there a, a Malcolm X movie that just came out a couple years ago? I think so. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I didn't watch it, and I you know haven't heard much about it you know recently. But now that I think about it, I think there was. Mm-hmm. And get this, he was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, kind of cool. <laughs> Never been there. It's pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a city. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. All right, your <laughs> turn. <for> <laughs> We're moving on. 
All right, February 22nd, 1732. Uh, George Washington was born in Westmoreland County, Virginia. Um, and, you know, everyone should know that he was, he served as the commander of the Continental Army during the American Revolution and became the first U.S. president, you know, as well as uh, <clears throat> having a prominent role in, in the uh, formation of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. I mean, mm-hmm. people always talk about his stature, you know, kind of intimidating. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, very interesting. Yeah, because, you know, at the time, I think he was a, a pretty big guy. Yeah, I think he was around six foot, wasn't he? Yeah, which was gigantic for, um, <laughs> you know, a man of, of that time period. People tended to be a little bit shorter and smaller in stature, and he, he was a giant. <laughs> you know, it yeah. kind of helps him live up to that. To his, uh, you know, to, to to his role that he played in in history, you know, and just kind of mm-hmm. icing on the cake on that. Not only was he this big figure, um, but he was also actually big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he <laughs> set so many precedents too. You know, with the presidency and everything, mm-hmm. um, of like, you know, he didn't feel like a president should be in office indefinitely because that just goes against what they fought for. And oh yeah, um, oh yeah. yeah, definitely. And you know, that was. Mm-hmm. You know, the until 1950, when uh, the uh, it was set that you know presidents will serve uh, no more than two terms or no more than ten years. Um, you know, up until then, for the most part, it had been more or less tradition. Like you serve your two terms at the most, and then you step down because that was kind of the precedent set by um, George Washington. And you know, with with exceptions, um, that it it was. It, it was just tradition until they finally realized that, you know, we actually need to make a, a law that, you know, a uh, <clears throat> amendment to the Constitution that says, you know, presidents, you know, there is a set time period. Yep. Awesome. All right. Weaning down the month of February, uh, February 24th. 1582 Pope Gregory the eighth corrected mistakes on Julian on the Julian calendar by dropping 10 days and directing that the day after October 4th 1582 would be October 15th so the Gregorian or new style calendar was then adapted by Catholic countries followed gradually by Protestant and then spread throughout the other nations so this was when I think when we talked about before um, when the calendar changed and then people were kind of like freaking <laughs> out because they didn't know what to do with the like the lost days that they just had. Yeah. Right? I, did, yeah. I'm pretty. Didn't we talk about that? I think we actually talked about it in October's This Month in History. Yes. That's um, right. That's right. Because, you know, October 4th instead of October 5th, it went October 15th. Yes. Um, and yeah, boy, that would be so, that would be so weird. It would. Um, you know, I don't know. People probably wouldn't think as much of it now because, you know, of course it would be programmed into electronics. So you check your phone. Oh, it says October 15th. People, some people probably wouldn't even notice the difference, <laughs> you know, but, you know, then people will probably be freaking out. You know, people who don't necessarily, uh, who live outside of cities and that sort of thing, who don't always uh get up-to-date news and information and that sort of thing you know next time they come rolling into the city and they find out that it's <laughs> 10 days after what they thought it was you know that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be kind of a uh, kind of a shock 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, interesting to think about. <clears throat> All right. February 26th, 1846, American frontiersman Buffalo Bill Cody uh, was born in Scott County, Indiana. Uh, he was born in 1846 and died in 1917. Um, he One of his, uh, his claims, and kind of going along with uh, his nickname that he's earned throughout history, is that he uh, claims to have killed over 4,000 buffalo within 17 months um which is <laughs> that is just an astronomical amount <laughs> yeah. um he became world famous through his wild west show which traveled throughout the united states and europe for 30 years hmm i don't know he's just you know not anything he doesn't really have anything too uh monumental in the fact of as far as actual historical events but he's just really become you know kind of a a public figure and just kind of an emblem of the the old west and that sort of thing yeah yeah yep i mean i got i don't got much more to add but you did great i don't either but (laughs) it's all i had all right so february 27th 1950 kind of tagging along and you know the precedents that we talked about george washington so the 22nd amendment was actually ratified to the u.s constitution uh, this this is the amendment that limited the president to two terms or a maximum of ten years in office. So uh, yeah, when I said that earlier, I was kind of shocked that I could pull that out so fast. But then I realized <laughs> it was just now because it was in the show prep. And I had read over it already. <laughs> you know, if you didn't say that, people would have been like, "Man, Ben's pretty smart." But yeah. now everyone knows. I actually just I typed the entire show prep from memory. <clears throat> a lot of people don't know that, but. That's how I do. That's how I do this month in history. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Round us out, big guy. All right. February 28th, 1844. uh, During a demonstration of naval firepower, one of the guns aboard the USS Princeton exploded, um, killing several top U.S. government officials on the steamership and narrowly missing, narrowly missed killing President John Tyler. Dang. That, holy cow. You know, I, before, you know, looking, you know, for stuff in February in history, I, that's something I really had never even heard about. You know, I, it, it's just ama- amazing. You know, it's, uh, that would be so, uh, not only embarrassing to the Navy at the time, but like having something like that happening, just, you know, outsiders being able to see when they hear about it, that, holy cow, it just, it just blew up and killed a bunch of bystanders who were uh, top government officials. <laughs> yeah. We, oh my gosh. I mean, it's like one of those things where they, where the government tries to cover up, uh, you know, something that happened and they're like a, a government training accident. Yeah, happened, yeah, and this exactly. is why a plane went down or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's that's scary though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to laugh at it. I'm not laughing at the the tragedy and the loss of it. I'm just laughing at how the ridiculousness of it. You mm-hmm. know, um, especially when it was that's all it was was an exhibition kind of thing, just a demonstration of the firepower that the Navy had, and then yeah. it blows up in their face. 
Literally. Like, like so, something that they didn't have to do, but they did, and then it just didn't work out. Yeah. It's uh, like, hey, guys, let's show off what we got. And then, oh, no, it blew up and killed everybody. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. That would be awful. Gosh. Ugh. You know what? We were doing really well with ending the show on really high notes. I Yeah, uh, I know. I was just thinking <laughs> that as well. We- then, then here we are. Just a government ship blew up and almost killed the president and killed a whole bunch of other government yeah, well, officials. Just, I guess it's just the end of the month tends to be kind of depressing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> Young Nostalgia this week as we always continue our journey through retro pop culture. Uh, as always, if you enjoy what you hear, what you're listening to, uh, you know we want to hear from, from you guys. So leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen out there on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, or Podbean. We just found out we're on Player FM. Haven't really looked into that too much, but they seem like they do you know, pretty good stuff. So we're on there as well. Uh, check us out any way you can, and we'd love to hear some positive feedback from you guys. If you got a future topic or you want to be a guest with Ben and I, give us an email, youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. Uh, but, you know, other than that, that was this month in history for February. I believe we uh, hit on some pretty key things, and it was, you know, tons of fun as always. But uh, anything else, big guy? Nope, I think we did good. Awesome. Cool. As always. And as we, uh, as, always do good. <laughs> amazing. I mean, <laughs> probably one of the best. Uh, as we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. Take care, everybody. <laughs>